Amen. I give honor to Amen. Pastor T. Amen. My beloved wife. Amen. Amen. Y'all can clap for Amen. I thank God for each and every one of you. Amen. Um, I, I give honor to all the fathers on today. Amen. 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 And it's not, it's, it, it doesn't, you know, it's not past me, amen, that, um, All our fathers are not here. Amen. Amen. But we just still give God praise and glory. Amen. And honor. Amen. For the years, the memories, all of those things. Amen. 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 As I get older, I'm just, uh, I'm more appreciative of my father than ever. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So on today, amen, thank you, Lord Jesus. I have been, um, this particular sermon, I've been, I've had about five or six different titles. I don't even know. Um, but I just, I just thank God for his word. Amen. Um, I thank God for how his word is just so, um, it's so broad. Amen. You can't, you, you can read the same things over and over again. You can read different books over and over again. And, you know, there's so many things in there. You can never figure it out. Amen. It's just like, it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. And so I just thank God for this word that he's given me on today. And I'm, uh, once again, I'm going to be in the book of, of Zechariah. And for those who don't know, we've been doing a, a, a series on vision. Amen. And my thought this Sunday, this is not the title, but this is just the thought, is that God uses vision. This whole book of Zechariah is about how God uses vision to explain his plans for his people. Right? And that's the thing is, you know, like all of us, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen an hour from now. Um, but God knows. And I do believe that he gives us glimpses every so often of, of what's next or of what's to come. And he does that to encourage us. He does that to warn us. Um, he does that to show us that he loves us. He does that to show us that he's still there. He gives us visions. He gives us glimpses of his plans for us so that we can run on and see what the end is going to be. And so if I had to use for a title, um, this Sunday, the title would be Vision Gives You Access to the Throne. Right? Vision gives you access to the, to the throne. The things that God shows us, you know, just like last Sunday, he said they call us to something. When he shows us something, he's trying to get our attention. He's trying to put us where he is. Right? He's trying to give us access to him. And as I was preparing this, this sermon, I want all of y'all to know um, I want to see you as your pastor. I want to see y'all win. I want to see y'all win. I want to see y'all win. And so for a quick summary, I don't know how long this word is going to be, but for a quick summary, you know, the, 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 first, the first message in this series was God sees things differently. And we talked about the vision of, of these horses. And in that message, 
God told us that he cares about his people. It may seem like we're going through these periods or these dry spells in our life, but he wants us to know, even though it seems like other people are winning, even though sometimes it seems like the world is getting away with things or evil people are getting away with things and it's only God's people that are suffering, only those who are trying to do right that are suffering. God told us in that first vision that he cares about his people. He cares about Jerusalem. He cares about his children. Right? He sees things differently than we see things. And that's why vision is important because sometimes when we look around, we get discouraged. But if we see things like God sees things, it'll give us hope for tomorrow. And so then in the second message, God told us that vision reveals things to us. And we went over the vision of the horns and the hammers. And in that vision, God told us he shows he shows how and why his people got in the situation that they were in. Right. What brought them to that point? What brought them to that place or, or that dry spot or that wilderness or that captivity? What brought them there? And he often reveals that to us for a reason. He wants us to know that something is wrong. But then the vision of the hammers told us that even though you are in this spot, even though you've been carried off into captivity, even though things have been destroyed, I will rebuild them. And then the third message was God calls us to something greater. Right? And that was the vision of the measuring line. The man was measuring, the angel was measuring for the dimensions in order to build new Jerusalem. And in his measuring, he, he realized that it was no way he could actually build something the size of what it was going to require. That what God was preparing for us was so grand that it could not be measured or to put into a human conception. Amen. So last Sunday, God told us he was calling us to something greater. And so this Sunday, right, we're going to talk a little bit more about what that greater is. And that's why I say as your pastor, I want to see you win. I want to see you win. Um, so I'm going to be in Zechariah 3 and 1. And, I, and the reason I started by just saying I love God's word and how it's just inexhaustible is because oftentimes there are certain things that are not preached. There are certain books that are not touched. Um, because they hard to preach. It would be like they don't make sense. So for at least four Sundays, we have been going through these visions that sometimes are seem hard to understand. But I want y'all to know that everything in this Bible revolves around the person of Jesus. If you just look at everything under the lens of Jesus and what he does did for us, It'll help you understand God's word. So y'all can remain seated. This is Zechariah 3 and 1. And it reads, in another vision, the Lord showed me a high priest, Joshua. This ain't the Joshua from the book of Joshua. This is somebody else named Joshua. So it says, in another vision, the Lord showed me the high priest, Joshua, standing before the angel of the Lord. This was the high priest at the temple at that time. He was standing before the angel of the Lord. And there beside Joshua stood Satan, ready to bring an accusation against him. And for those who don't know, the word Satan means supernatural opposition. 
right? Satan is designed to challenge Satan. Well, I'm gonna say designed with his goal, you know, is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to be opposition to the plans and the purposes that God has for your life, right? So when you say, you know, Satan is a liar, right? Really what you're saying is the opposition that he's trying to do, like God said this, Satan is trying to say that. Satan, you're a liar. You're trying to get me to think against what God has planned for me. So in this particular vision, Zechariah sees the high priest. He sees his pastor standing before the throne of God. And right next to his pastor, he sees Satan. He sees supernatural opposition waiting to accuse Joshua. But then something happens in the second verse. The word says, the angel of the Lord said to Satan, may the Lord condemn you, Satan. May the Lord who loves Jerusalem condemn you. This man is like a stick snatched from the fire. And that's one of the things that as your pastor allows me to go on is that even when I'm trying to do my best and Satan is trying to accuse, Satan is trying to tear me down, Satan is trying to attack. And I'm at the point now where, you know, I'm saying that, but the attacks that I face, they're not like the attacks that I faced when I, when I first started preaching. Like, people talking about me don't bother me no more. Folks on my job don't bother me no more. Money issues don't bother me. Like, that stuff don't bother me no more. But it, it, it makes me feel good to know that no matter what I'm going through, God has, in, like in this particular verse, he has angels speaking up for Joshua. But I thank God that now I have an advocate in Christ who will speak up for me. Who's going to say, no, no, Satan, you can't touch that one. And I love how, how scripture says this man is like a stick snatched from the fire. That's how I feel sometimes. Like the reason that I do what I do, the reason why I care so much is because I'm like a stick snatched from the fire. Like my life, I was on my way to hell. I realize, like, I realize I see clearly what God spared me from. That's the second one. Vision reveals. When I started running for Christ, I started to see all of the things in my life that was not in step with his plans for me. And I wanted to go the opposite direction. I started to notice that that, that wide road was leading me to, de- to destruction. Like what minister preached last Sunday, there's a way, right? It seemed like I was doing all the right things. I went to school. I made good grades, right? I honored my mother and my father, so I thought, right? I wasn't as bad as everybody else in the world, right? I'm good enough. I'm an okay kind. I'm a good guy. It was a way that seemed right to me. But when God, when I got to know Jesus, it started to reveal all the things that I was falling short in. I was on this wide road. And it was a whole bunch of people with me. You know, every so often I tell this testimony about the first time I had a vision. And I did that Christmas Eve vision when I was sitting with my sister. I know everybody don't know, but I was sitting with my sister. We were smoking on Christmas Eve. We were laughing. We were joking. I 
I close my eyes and I just begin to weep. And in a split moment, I saw everybody that I knew in the past, everybody that I knew in the present, and everybody that I was going to know in the future. And I can stand here today and, 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 and say with confidence, that's one of the reasons that it allows me to minister to you all like I do, because I've seen you before. And just like I told you, I'm not a mind reader. I'm not a magician, right? But I do believe God gives glimpses like I started. I do believe that God gives glimpses to help us understand the plans that he has for his people. And I, get, I just began to, I just began, as I read that second verse and it says, this man is like a, a stick snatched from the fire. It made me just want to brag on God. It made me just want to brag on, and I got in my notes, I say I often don't use my bragging rights. You know, a lot of times when I'm ministering to people and, you know, they are set on doing things their way. You know, I never use my bragging rights. I never just go in and talk about all the things that God has done for me, right? I never, I, I never go into all the doors and the things that he opened, and I know that Success for some people it looks totally different from others. But I would say that I'm I'm a fairly successful young man. But I never I never go into that, right? And the reason I do that is because I try I try to remain humble, number one. And I realize and I don't brag on it because I, I know it's nothing that I've done. But just today, y'all, I want y'all to know that, you know, this particular vision. This, this Joshua standing before God's throne with Satan accusing him, God has this in this book for a reason. He places people in our life to help God. To, he places people in our life to help explain the vision that God has for our lives. That's why he gives pastors. That's what I'm trying to say. In that third verse, it says Joshua was standing there wearing filthy clothes. The angel said to his heavenly attendants, take away the filthy clothes this man is wearing. Then he said to Joshua, I have taken away your sins and will give you new clothes to wear. The change in outer appearance was connected to the removal of sin. So what y'all see today is not who I always was. What y'all see today is not who I always was. When I say I was snatched from the fire, he removed my sin. I remember I used to tell my students in my ministering to them, I used to tell them all the things that I used to do. They said, Mr. Thompson, you used to do all of that? When I used to tell them that I stole enough stuff to get a felony? What? You used to steal? When I, when I tell them all of the, the, the 40s and the weed that I smoke and the, the DUI driving, right? I'm not good because I didn't go to jail. I just didn't get caught. They say you used to do that. But the reason I had no problem telling them that was because the person that I was was not because of anything that I did. 
It was all because of the removal of sin. The world often presents this backwards. We spend a lot of time trying to appear to be holy. We spend a lot of time trying to appear to be something that we're not. We spend a lot of time trying to appear to be Christians. And not a lot of time dealing with our sin. The only way people going to see Christ in you is if you let God deal with your sin. Then they'll see him for real. Up until that point, the only thing they're going to see is a hypocrite. They're going to see what you proclaim, but then they're going to turn around and look at what you do. The fifth verse says, I'm going somewhere, y'all. The fifth verse says, he commanded the attendants to put a clean turban on Joshua's head. They did so. And then they put new clothes on him while the angel of the Lord stood there. Then the angel told Joshua that the Lord Almighty had said, if you obey my laws and perform the duties I have assigned to you, then you will continue to be in charge of my temple and its courts, and I will hear your prayers, just as I hear the prayers of the angels in my presence. Joshua's change in nature was dependent on maintaining his relationship with God. What I'm going through, y'all remember that the title is Vision Gives You Access to the Throne. Zechariah has this picture of this man standing there. He has this picture of Satan accusing him. He has this picture of the angel saying, Satan, I condemn you. This man has been saved. He came in dirty, but God has cleaned him up. And then after God cleans him up, God gives him a call. God says, if you obey my laws and perform my duties, then you will be in charge of my temples and my courts. Then he says, I will hear your prayers just like I hear the prayers of the angels who are in my presence. Why do we spend so much time thinking that living for God is going to give us all the money that we want, all the jobs that we want, that our life is going to be perfect? That people going to love us. Why do we spend our time thinking that's what it means to live for Jesus? When really the reward is to be where he is. God told Joshua, your reward is going to be that I hear your prayers. And you're going to be just as close to me as the angels are. Do y'all know that there's angels in heaven that's with God 24 hours a day? All they're doing is crying, holy, holy, holy. That's all they're doing, crying, holy. God say, I can, make, I can make it like that for you. So when I started out saying, I want to see you win, and like, yeah, I, I, want, I want you to be comfortable like, and have things, but that's not really what I'm talking about. That's secondary to me. Like, I really want to see you win with Jesus. 
I want to see you win with Jesus. I want you to be free like missionary was saying, freedom. No more shackles, no more chains. I want to see you win in that way. I want to see you liberated from what people think. I want to see you liberated from depression. I want to see you liberated from anxiety. I want to see you be able to forgive. I want to see you healed. I want to see you not walking in anger. I want to see you winning that way. I want it to be that when you win, when, when you call on, just like sometimes when y'all hear me pray, Lord, when I call on you, you always answer. No matter how good the word is, if it emphasizes anything more than holiness and the worship of, of, worship of God is flawed. I want y'all to catch that. No matter how good, I'm talking about the word of God. No matter how good the word is. If you are going to a place, and I'm not talking about one sermon. I'm not even talking about five sermons. I'm talking about multiple sermons. If all they focus on is you being comfortable and you getting your breakthrough. I've been watching and I, I, I've just been watching and there's a lot of people who the new thing is God don't want you to be broke. That's the new thing. God don't want you to be broke. And every message is about how you can use biblical principles to get wealth. <laughs> And when you listen to it the first time, it's good. Because it's the word. But then when you keep listening, you start to say, well, how my soul get saved off this? Where, where, does, where does the deliverance part come in at? Right? Where, where does the where does the healing for my mama part come in? Where does the healing for my trauma come in? Like, where does that part come in? In isolation, there's nothing wrong with that message. Right? In isolation, there's nothing wrong with that one message on you getting your breakthrough or, or, or you getting get, having what God wants for you. In isolation, there's nothing wrong with that. But when that's every message. And there's no word about holiness or worshiping God. I didn't say it's the word. I said it's flawed. How many of y'all know that Satan know the word better than almost every preacher in, on, this, on this earth? Amen. And this is the part I'm almost done, y'all. I got three verses to go. This is the eighth verse. It says, listen then, Joshua, you who are the high priests, and listen, you fellow priests of his, you that are a sign of a good future. And when I read that, knowing the vision, knowing that God gave Zechariah a vision of the high priest of the temple, gave him a vision of his pastor, I thought about 
my role, and I thought about you all, I put myself in that verse. It says, listen in, right? Listen in, Jonathan, you who are the pastor. And listen you, you fellow priest. Not putting all on a level before me, but calling them priests as well. Right? You the pastor, but they priests. So you got to give them respect as priests. Listen then, you pastor. And listen, you fellow priests of his that are a sign of a good future. He says, I will reveal my servant who is called the branch. And I am placing in front of Joshua, right? I am placing in front of your pastor a single stone with seven facets. Some versions call them eyes. If you know anything about numbers, number seven is the, the number for perfection. He said, I'm placing in front of your pastor a single stone with seven eyes. And I will grave an inscription on it. And in a single day, I will take away the sins of this land. So I spent the remainder of my time in preparation figuring out what this stone with these seven faces is. And so that search took me to all the stone references in the Bible. Jesus is the stone that the builders rejected. Yeah, I remember the last one. God is calling you to something, the measuring line. He measuring the walls of the city. Jesus is called the chief cornerstone. They set the cornerstone first so that everything lines up with that particular stone. In this vision, God sets this stone before Joshua. There's a stone in front of me, y'all. And it's got seven eyes that's watching everything that I do. And if I don't line up with the corner, with the chief cornerstone, if I don't, if I don't stand up here and preach on the truth, if I don't stand on the on the rock and proclaim the same truth that Peter proclaimed, that Jesus is the Son of God, I got seven eyes on me. Right? And I'm saying meek because I'm the high priest. But I just read to you and, and you fellow priests who are a sign of a good future. God's watching us, y'all. He's watching us. He's watching us. The Bible also refers to Jesus as a stumbling block. Y'all know what the word stumble means. mean trip. Fall. There are going to be things that you try to do in your life and they don't work. And you're going to trip and you're going to fall. Now you can get up like an idiot and keep running. That's what the word says, right? If you fall, get up and try again. No, you need to you need to turn around and see what you tripped on before you take off running again because you might trip in it again. And the majority of the time, the thing that you tripping on is Jesus. You tripping over Jesus. 
And the 10th verse says, and then I'll be done. It's not until we deal. It's not until we deal with that cornerstone. That we get our real breakthrough. That 10th verse says, when that day comes, each of you will invite your neighbor to come and enjoy the peace and security surrounded by your vineyard and your fig trees. That might not mean nothing to y'all. But anybody that know where I get my joy from, right? Anybody know my story say, Pastor want to live a what kind of life? A biblical life. So when I say, come on, KD, let's eat. And you look out that back window, what you going to see? You're going to see my plum tree. You're going to see my peach tree. You're going to see my pear tree. You're going to see my garden. You're going to see my, my grass that I like to cut. That's what I strive after. Like, I'm not chasing all that other stuff. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. And I want to see y'all win. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's what vision gives you. It allows you to see what's important. It makes you stop chasing everything else. It makes you stop chasing everything else. All these sermons that I keep preaching, these just fancy ways to talk about Jesus. Just difficult ways, dreams, vision, just difficult ways to talk about Jesus. I just want y'all to understand. I just want you to be able to read Zechariah on your own and say, okay, I know what that means. But really, I'm just talking about Jesus. I'm just taking y'all around the long way. Just taking you around the long way to talk about Jesus. And that's what God was doing. He said, Zechariah, I'm just going to give you some visions. And I want you to share them. I want you to share them with anybody. I want you to share them with my people. And anybody that got an ear to hear them, let them run with it. The first one he said, I want them to know that I care about them. The next one, I want them to know that I know who they are and I know who I want them to be. The third one he said, I want them to know that I'm calling them to something greater. I'm calling them home. I'm calling them to a place that they ain't gonna the, the walls ain't gonna be able to contain all the people and the joy and the happiness and the praise that's gonna be there. Right? But the fourth one is the sermon this Sunday is why would I want to be there if he ain't there? Vision gives you access to the throne. So okay, you preparing this place for me, but my question is, are you gonna be there when I get there? That's why I wanna be there. That 10th verse says, I'll take away this, the, what the ninth verse says, I'll take away all your sins in one day. In one day. And when that day comes, then you'll be able to chill out. I think about KD when she say, you know, she say, when I came to 3PD, I just feel at peace. That's what you're supposed to feel like. That's what it's supposed to. You're supposed to feel at peace. Amen.
We are so few in number on today, amen. I'm gonna ask that we all just press in to the altar.